Avengers, assemble. In the wake of Endgame, some were lost, others regained. They're good. What happens next? Stay tuned, true believers, as we try to find out. Peter Melnick, graphic designer, comic book enthusiast, and podcast pontificator, and I'm Eddie Wilson, upstate New York radio announcer in the Sullivan Catskills, with an inordinate amount of catching up in his own comic book universe. Ready? It's time for a new episode of The Marvelists. What's up, true believers and spectacular Spidey fans? My name is Evan Falarka, and today you are listening to the one and only Marvelous podcast with none other than Peter Melnick and Eddie Wilson. Welcome, everyone, to The Marvelists, the Marvel Universe podcast. I'm Peter Melnick. And I'm Eddie Wilson. And before we get into the usual rigmarole of today's episode and introducing our very special guest slash special guest co-host, because, you know, we're having a topic and... Very. You know. Before we get into that topic at hand and introducing him, we want to tell you all at home, true believers, web slingers, etc., etc., how you can go to hold of us on them, our social medias. Get a hold at home, in the car, at work, wherever. Go ahead. Wow, you just turned back into Radio Man for a second. That's exactly right. Go on Facebook at facebook.com slash... The Marvelists. Go and find us on Twitter and Instagram at... The Marvelists. You can also find us individually on social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Peter Melnick. And I'm also on TikTok for God knows what reason. Time. Peter Melnick, but better. I'm on Facebook, but now it's personal. I deactivated the uh, fan page. Oh, time out then. You know, you can also find Eddie on one social media platform and the only place where for all of your Eddie Wilson needs. And that is on Instagram at Eddie nine one nine three. You can also find this show on a wide variety of streaming platforms. Tune in radio, Stitcher radio, Podbean, SoundCloud, and lately the big one, Spotify. Mm. You can also find us on iTunes where you can rate, review, subscribe, share, yada, yada, yada. And be sure to five-star if you're ever so inclined. Broken ice cream machines, McDonald's. Anyway, Mm. you can also support this show with your hard-earned money by going on patreon.com slash themarvelists. And for as low as $3 a month to as high as $8 a month, you can support the show. For $3 a month, you get a special little newsletter, which I've been slacking off on producing. But you can also get early access to episodes of this here fine program usually 24 hours before the official release. So, like, let's say this episode, this episode is going to be going live either Thursday or Friday. The episode will be going live on Patreon Wednesday or Thursday. (gasps) One of those days that ends in a Y, yes. Exactly. And you can also, for $5 a month, sign up for the next tier where you are able to get all of the content from the $3 tier and a special bonus. You That's, know what that bonus is, Eddie? It's more. It's a bonus. It's extra. Exactly. Plus. It's, a, it's, a, it's definitely a boner. You can be able to... <gasps> well, no, it's the Joker always goes running around making boners, you know? No. It's a, it's a crime. That's what they used to call it back in the day, a boner. Oh. They'll, they'll, they'll laugh at the Joker's boner. I'm 31 years old. Anyway, you can be able to check out our special bonus program, The Fantastic Voyage, where Eddie Wilson, myself, and John... Jamiroquai Sherburn are able to share our thoughts on the 102 issue plus annuals run of the Fantastic Four by Stan the Man Lee and Jack the King Kirby. And then for $8 a month, you are able to get something pretty neat. The ability to pick a topic of your choice, your own choosing for this show. Mm -hmm. But if we like you, if we think you're entertaining, if we think you don't suck... Mm -hmm. Guess what? You can be able to be the guest co-host for that episode, 
or the guest co-host of an episode at random where you know we need you know a third mic for. And there's one person who's been doing that a lot lately, and that is our pal, our chum, our amigo. Who? Jacked up Jeremy Bagley. Oh, yes. So, when you hear his dulcet tones of Rochester on the other end of the tin cannon string, you will know Jeremy Bagley is here. But, right now we are joined with someone, a member of a Spidey squad, the Spidey squad even. On the other end of the tin cannon string, we are joined with Eddie... Eddie? No, no, his name is I want you, It's I'm, another I'm, E name. I'm motioning get, to you, sir. I know. Nice motion. Nice, thank, nice. Thank hand, you for the audio podcast. Handoff. Evan Falarka, welcome and thank you for your patience. Thank you very much for having me, both of you. It's a true honor and privilege to be here. And he's still awake, too. I love it. <laughs> this has actually been a uh, in the making for, I want to say, two years since the uh, first, or no, not, about like a, a year and change when we uh, did an interview with Yuri Lowenthal. We ended up sharing it. He retweet or he, I think we were like asking, hey, do you have questions? You got in touch and you're like, hey, can I put the interview on my YouTube channel when you guys do it? And I said, yes, you may absolutely do it. And, you know, we've been friends since, you know, whenever I uh, talk about things pertaining to Marvel or Spidey, I always see a little uh, Evan uh, like or a uh, retweet, which is always greatly appreciated. And yeah, so I hear a video game has come out recently. Yeah, it might be a small, little, you know, independent character, you know, startup. Not too many people know about him. I think his name is Spider-Man. I, you know, I don't know really that much about him or anything. Miles Morales? Yeah, I don't know. Seems a bit fresh for me. Got to get my uh, knowledge on the top scale if I want to be informed about who this possible character is. I'm just kidding. It's Spider-Man. It's Miles Morales. It's fantastic. And it is instantly a huge classic after I personally have beat it myself. It is wonderful, and I loved it. Now, myself, I have not finished the game, and Eddie has not touched a video game since Yar's Revenge in the Atari 2600 days. The 80s, yes. In the 80s. We love the 80s. But I've been very fortunate to be able to play these games and enjoy them for what they are, and quite frankly, they are a fantastic work of art. And with this game, you know, it's, it's a sequel, but it's not a sequel. It's kind of like, you know, uh, when Uncharted came out with that one game. It was like Lost Legacy or something, right? Correct. It was like an add-on kind of thing, but it's not. It's, you know, it's his own thing, which, by the way, I love hearing the negative Nancy reactions of all the people on the worldwide interwebs that will go on saying, ugh, the game's only 10 hours? (laughs) Okay. Right. You know, the (laughs) other game was about 20. Oh, no, they cut it in half. And then you have to factor this in. How long does it take you to finish the game in terms of, you know, maybe having a work life, a this life, a that life? You also have the ability of all of the side quests. There's a lot to this game. And yeah, it's quote unquote 10 hours, but it can be oh so much longer. You know, also if you're like me and you suck at video games from time to time and you have to finish that level about four to five to 26, 27 times. And, yeah, I'm perfectly fine with that 10-hour, quote-unquote, runtime. Me too. And it's interesting that you say that because it seems like people in advance didn't really notice that comparison that Insomniac made themselves online, where, yes, this is a similar scope game in comparison to that previous game you mentioned, Uncharted The Lost Legacy, in the sense that it's a standalone 
spin-off game within the universe of Marvel's Spider-Man, continuing off from the first one, but instead of our boy Peter, it's now expanding upon the other hero of Miles Morales, who was introduced in the first game, played by the amazing Najee Jeter, who killed it in this own game starring Miles. And just as a side topic, quickly, the fact that Sony themselves marketed this game as the premier launch title to get for their next-gen console of the PS5, featuring Miles Morales as the star, a character who isn't even a full decade old yet within the comics, and seeing the amount of impact he's had on so many people is just a beautiful thing to see. And you're absolutely right. There's side missions, there's collectibles, there's the open world to swing around in for hours and hours on end to keep you completely occupied, along with all those sensational air tricks, and a very touching story to go along with it. Now, obviously, this is not the full sequel to what Marvel's Spider-Man 1 was in 2018, but it's rather an expansion to this universe to see what we can expect going forward once the official sequel does come out. Now, I personally have no idea when that could be, but given everything that they have set up for both games with Marvel's Spider-Man 1 and now Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales, it truly shows how much Insomniac loves both of these characters and just the universe that Spider-Man lives in, and seeing what they can do going forward even more after Miles is a crazy thing to think about, and I cannot wait to see what that future holds. And, you know, uh, in regards to the comparison with Uncharted Lost Legacy, uh, you know, friend of the show, Tony Polanco on Twitter, he had tweeted uh, about yesterday, Miles Morales is a Uncharted Lost Legacy slash infamous First Light-style expansion, yet it's superior to most games released in 2020. And PlayStation titles just hit different. And it's true. It's one of those games where, yeah, it's... It's almost like DLC, but it's not, and it's its own thing. And I am hoping and praying that they're going to, you know, maybe do downloadable content for this game because it's, it's just such a special game. And the idea of, I will say for the record, first off, Evan, where are you from? I am from Pacifica, California, born and raised, uh, been here my whole life, and I am just a massive Spider-Man fan just trying to do my best. Just a local town boy, but with big dreams of just trying to make it within the Spidey game. Uh, and surprisingly, kind of did. Uh, just for background, uh, my original you know, plan is going forward after you know, graduating high school is that I went to San Jose State University to do political science as my major. And then Insomniac announced, crazy enough, in 2016, the Spider-Man game, and I literally said, this is what I want to do. Just something with, with this, anything pertaining to this, is what my passion truly lies in, and just anything relating to just the knowing about the how the game is made or the development process or the creators of just games in general, compared to movies or shows or anything like that, I specifically love the games that Spider-Man is featured in and just games in general because it allows us as the player to become these characters or at least go on this journey with them on a much more personal level. And after they announced this game, the first one, Spider-Man PS4 in 2016, it literally blew my mind. Just that instant reveal trailer, and I knew this is what I had to do to focus on. And then shortly after some time, obviously learning how to form a YouTube channel and just edit things on my own and record audio and not knowing how to even make YouTube videos in the first place, I taught myself. And from four years, you know, from 2016 up till now, 2020, just trying to do my best with the Spidey Squad, growing this amazing community of Spidey fans uh, from the ground up. Just, I'm so honored to be a part of it. This pretty much second family that I call 
the Spidey Squad and just the love and passion that we all have for the character as well as Insomniac taking notice of that was just a huge honor that they actually included our group, the Spidey Squad, as a collectible Easter egg that you can find within the universe of Marvel's Spider-Man, both on PlayStation 4 and now currently with the remaster on PlayStation 5, which is a huge, huge honor. And it's just a mind-boggling journey to have been on for you know so long and just seeing that i'm still able to luckily do it is just a true privilege in and of itself and you know the reason i ask where you're from is the fact that when you look at this game it's new york city it's the east coast and it's both one of the one of my favorite things about the game and one of the most absolutely heartbreaking things about the game it Mm. takes place during the christmas time season winter and you see the snow on the ground, and I love it. I think it's absolutely gorgeous to look at. And I'm only going with the PS4 version. I was not mm-hmm. able to uh, obtain a PS5 through the Walmart option. I was one of those clowns where I had alarms set. Oh, maybe this time I'll get it. Narrator, guess what? And, <laughs> you know, seeing this game you know, on the PS4, like I said... It's it's technically a minor graphical downgrade. Doesn't look as quote unquote great as the PS5 version, but I can't really tell a difference very much. And you know, unless it's like certain things, like Miles' coat or whatever. Who cares? Mm-hmm. But seeing this game, you know, with the first PS4 game, it was like going through New York City, and you're seeing Spider-Man PS4 Miles. You're going through New York City during the holiday season. You see the snow on the ground. And I'll be honest, it really made me miss New York City. And it really made me... It, it's There's two things ever since quarantine has been happening that are absolutely heartbreaking. Again, realizing I can't go to New York City. You know, I don't want to risk it, don't want to risk my health, don't want to risk my loved one's health, etc., etc. And what got me about that was seeing this, my favorite time of the year, immortalized in Spider-Man Miles Morales for PS4 and PS5. And then also, at the beginning of quarantine, maybe like a month or two in, watching Daredevil. I'm not talking about the TV show. I'm talking about the Ben Affleck movie. And seeing him running around New York City during daylight as he's, you know, hanging out with Elektra. It made me miss New York City just as much. And it's really weird to say that the Ben Affleck Daredevil made me miss New York City. But, well, here we are. And what gets me about this game, though, is how absolutely gorgeous it is. And which is your preferred method of playing it right now, PS5? So sadly, I'm in the same boat as you. I actually was not able to acquire a PlayStation 5 on launch day, and I did also play Miles on my PlayStation 4 Pro. And I still think, even though it's two years old now, I still have you know Spider-Man on PS4, and it looks insane. Like, And I, uh, have, even though I'm from Pacifica, California, I visited New York last year, before COVID hit, which was insane and a truly, you know, honorable experience to witness just going. I went to the Freedom Tower. I went to Empire State Building. I went to Harlem. You know, I went to uh, Times Square, the subways. The whole city not only is insanely gorgeous, of course, in real life, but if you've never been there before, Insomniac did it complete justice. I mean, it looks like almost one-to-one detail in some parts of the areas, recreating the love and culture and just overall vibe and aesthetic of the city. And, you know, just the the people and its, you know, residents there truly breathe life into what makes New York so special in both games. 
And yeah, just seeing it on the PlayStation 4 already was a truly gorgeous experience for both Marvel's Spider-Man 1 and Miles Morales, but seeing uh, from what the gameplay footage has showed online of the PlayStation 5 and the graphical difference with the, you know, what they say, the ray tracing environments, the fidelity mode of the textures, it looks almost real in some shots, to be honest. Like, it's crazy how much effort, care, and obviously research they've done to fully incorporate as much of New York as possible within these games. And if you have never been there, it'll feel like you are there when yeah. playing it as Spider-Man, a hero that means so much to so many people, is truly a you know surreal experience. And, you know, obviously not everything is going to be 100% due to, you know, buildings with, you know, a license and whatnot or, like, a business being there. Like, one of my little favorite stops to go to when I'm playing the game is Penn Station, Madison Square Garden. And obviously it's not going to be, quote-unquote, Madison Square Garden. But, you know, going around seeing the, quote-unquote, garden and turning a right, pretending I'm getting out of uh, Penn Station, you know, from my little visits through the New Jersey Transit, looking around and I see, you know, oh, right here would be where that Dwayne Reed is right on the corner. And again, if, you know, you know that area of New York City, you know exactly the Dwayne Reed I'm talking about. And there's just something about that attention to detail that I've, I've heard people complain about the map in the game. Somebody on uh, Facebook mm. the other day complained... Oh, it's the same map. To which I just responded with, "Yeah, it's called Manhattan." <laughs> <laughs> like I just I don't understand that grievance unless this person is like, "Why couldn't they include Brooklyn? Why couldn't they do this?" Well, because it's right. still starting out. Like this system is still relatively new. And as you know, I had a conversation with a friend where I was like, "I really do want to get it for the PS5." But I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait on the PS5, you know, maybe a few months, maybe a year, whatever. But with that, games are not going to be at their highest technical standpoint yet. It's going to be, you know, they're still trying to figure it out. Like when the PlayStation 3 first came out, for example, you had a year or two later or year actually a year later, the first or the the very first Spider-Man game, Spider-Man 3. And to be completely honest, mm-hmm. it still had a lot of remnants of what a PS2 game would look like. It's like just a very slightly modified, like very slightly modified. Well, slightly modified, not very. That makes no sense. Right, Eddie? Uh, right, Peter. And, you know, just the idea of that. Let's take our time. That's why in a year or two or three when Spider-Man 2 or Spider-Man, whatever they're going to do. I, if if they do it, it would be amazing. A Spider-Man 2099 game? Oh, my God. Yes, sir. <laughs> but the yeah. idea of whatever is going to be next, imagine what it's going to look like two to three years down the line in terms of technical achievement. That's going to be incredible. And on the topic of technical achievements, both with the PS4 and the PS5 versions, it was a day one DLC, kind of, like you could unlock it if you didn't do the digital version, or it was already downloaded in when you downloaded it. But that one suit, and I think you know exactly what suit I'm talking about, Evan. The one with the cat, of no, course. Oh, no, no, no. I'm talking about <laughs> Spider-Verse. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. The, Absolutely. There was a uh, a tweet the other day, and it got me thinking about it. And like some people are going to say, "Oh, how dare you say that?" Da, da, da. But I don't care. I'm in agreement with the tweet. The 
absolute best Spider-Man movie is Spider-Verse. Hands mm-hmm. down. And it's Miles Morales-centric. The very best Spider-Man game ever released is Spider-Man Miles Morales, and it's Miles Morales-centric, obviously. Mm-hmm. It's kind of wild that you have this character who has only been in the comics since, I want to say, 2011, and he's already blown Correct. up as such a strong character. It's insane to see the impact he's left on so many people, and I think just to give props to Insomniac once again, that's kind of what the key tagline of the game is meaning, where... Of course, the first game was Be Greater, of course, Great Power, Great Responsibility for Spider-Man. That's Peter's mon- you know, mantra. That's what he's lived by because of the words that Uncle Ben have taught him and how much uh, you know, meaning that has on his life as Peter and Spider-Man, trying to do the very best he can in and out of the suit. But what I love about this is be yourself. Just be you, and that, that is way more than enough. Just being able to do the very best you can is already showcasing how anyone can be a hero. And what I love about this is that it kind of reiterates that point in a different way, where Miles Morales, only less than a decade old in the comics, had like one of, if not the best Spider-Man movies of all time, Oscar-winning picture into the Spider-Verse, where even though there were Peter Parker, Spider-Man, Gwen Stacy, Spider-Woman, Spider-Ham, Spider-Man Noir, it was solely a Miles Morales story, even with all these different people in the universe of the spider lore, it's still fully showcased and embraced what makes Miles so special. And in this game, it shows that even further with not only a, a longer story in comparison to the, you know, uh, runtime of Spider-Verse, but since this game is longer than that movie, it also showcases his heritage, his family, his friends, how he deals with things in and out of the suit as Miles and as Spider-Man, and showing how Peter tells us that anyone can be a hero. Anyone can do good things in this world and bring joy to others and try and be the best you can. Miles, again, shows that even further by saying not only can anyone be a hero, but anyone can be Spider-Man. And he embraces that to a T. It just shows the love and care that Insomniac have for this character and expresses Miles' individuality from Peter uh, that was not originally shown from the first game, where we did get some slight introduction to Miles and where his story could go going forward. But now, since he has his own game, it, you know, takes that next step, you know, goes overboard with it and just fully does an excellent job of expressing himself the best he can and not needing to be uh, still relying on Peter or be held by Peter's hand or anything. He can stand toe-to-toe alongside of him as two individual separate Spider-Men. i got to tell you, Evan, before I forget... The point where you said that anybody can be this character, I wasn't sure how to take it when I first saw that in uh, Spider-Verse. And I said, because mm. in one respect, after I thought about it for a while, I said, yeah, I guess, you know what, I guess there's a point there, and I guess that's true. But my initial gut reaction was, no, how can that be? There's only one, or the, you know. And for me, trying to keep mm. track of the different Spider-Characters within the whole context of the of the movie, and I think I got up to six or seven of them, and just saying to myself, no, it, it to me, I was taking... I don't know if the offense is the right word, to think that, uh, wait, was somebody trying to you know demean the character or knock it down a few pegs or just maybe mm-hmm. make it something where... Why would it be demeaned? It's, it's attainable. Well, because it's a this, was, this was my guy from the beginning, and it's like, you know, you aspire to be this quote-unquote hero, and maybe, yes, I'm 
putting him like a lot of people on a pedestal, thinking, I don't know if I could ever attain that. Maybe that's a goal. Maybe that's something to strive for, to be a better person in the general sense of it, in the you know non-religious sense kind of thing. But to, to say anybody can be this character... As long as you almost have like morals. It was, as long, it's but, meaning but, that. Right, but in, but in a way I was thinking it was almost like a throwaway thing, like, yeah, anybody can do this. No, it's not meaning or, that at mm-hmm. all. That's a but silly it's not, thing, right. So I was split in my reaction to that, just FYI. I just I think you know overall with the character of Miles Morales, it's a very strong character. He's very, very much a character that has really transcended a lot of the media, and it's cool to see. Again, there are hip hop songs called Miles Morales that you can find on Spotify. You know, you have him transcending all sorts of different art forms. You have you have him in all these different iterations. In terms of, you know, the animated series where he's voiced by Donald Glover, you have just, again, everything. The fact, you know, you can't even find a Miles Morales action figure, really, in the Marvel Legends line. It's wild. I don't know where I'm going with that. Well, I get your point. I also think that when certain things are hot in pop culture or otherwise... Uh, yeah, you can get and have it transcend or tran- cross over into a into a song medium, and and there's going to be a song out about it or a video about it. So it could be um, some other popular thing that comes out and it takes on that. Um, kind of like how in the 1980s uh, they made Eddie Wilson songs. Is that a fact? Yeah. <laughs> really, I got to find those. Yeah, now. You, you. I think they made a movie about it too. Oh, that was '84. Okay. <laughs> And one one of the things that I really enjoy about these games is the fact that they make you want to be able to read more of the comics. It's, again, you know, trying to consume as much of the source material as humanly possible. Like the Cookie Monster. Yes, exactly. Nom, 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 nom. And when you're reading, you know, when you're playing the game, you're so invested with these characters. And, you know, during our interview with Yuri Lowenthal, I brought up the point of, People really love that version of the character, the PS4 Spider-Man, because you're so invested in the character. You were there with him for all of these hours, kind of like how so many people are heavily invested in the Netflix vigilante universe of Daredevil, The Punisher, uh, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and the thundering dumbass Iron Fist. You know, all of these characters, you have all this time spent with them, and I feel that's the one-up that they have the video games, the Netflix series, and the comic books have over the movies because you're spending more time with them. You're getting to know their characters. You know, you have a character like Spider-Man who for over 850 issues, people have grown and loved and learned to love. And it's kind of cool to see that. And like I said, you know, I'm going off reading the Miles Morales comics and I think for the next two weeks, uh, Comixology is having a sale where you can pretty much get the entire run of Spider-Man for, or, you know, Miles Morales Spider-Man for, like, less than $30. Hmm. And, you know, I'm going wow. through those, and I'm reading them all over again. I'm, you know, I was reading Spi- uh, Miles Morales' first appearance, not first appearance, but the uh, first solo issue. That was 2011, I want to say September 2011, I ended up getting back into comics and that was the very first series like that I started regularly picking up. It was that new 52 Batman and uh, Daniel Way's Deadpool and getting mm. into these characters, you know, 
I loved that I had such an easy entry point with the Miles character. And again, Brian Michael Bendis, you know, there are fanboys out there who will bitch, moan, and kvetch about his work. I don't care. His Miles Morales, his character of Miles, is such a fun character. And you grow with the character. You understand, you know, his hardships and everything of what it means to be a hero. And it's it's such a... It's funny. I'm going to use this word to describe him. But in such short amount of time, in nine years, he became a timeless character. You're absolutely right. And it's just wonderful to see how outspoken he is to so many individuals who may have not been able to thoroughly connect with Peter Parker, you know, whether that be just from his personality traits or the color of his skin or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. You know, some people uh, may have not as been thoroughly resonated with the character of Peter Parker as now Miles Morales. To quote even the vice president of Marvel Games himself, Bill Roseman, he was on this interview with Game Informer magazine before Miles Morales, the game, came out, and he said that they received a letter uh, from the uh, Marvel invoices from uh, you know a, a fan saying a thank you for creating this character because my brother says now he has a Spider-Man that looks like him, and that just shows how meaningful you know representation matters for so many individuals. And it's also cool that maybe if you don't happen to look like Miles, you can still relate to him in comparison to Peter. I mean, even you know at, at you know in the beginning of the game, since they don't want to spoil it. He's, you know, listening to music. He's walking down the street with his headphones, just vibing, cruising. I'm like, I do that. I do that from time to time. I just kind of hang out and chill and listen to, you know, mixes on my headphones or, you know, other, you know, like my friend's videos and stuff, just listening and grooving while I'm walking down the street. And, like, that's amazing. It's just super cool to have that relatability to a character who's so different from another character, like Peter Parker, that I've grown up with and, you know, fond over my whole life and, you know, am, you know, entranced by in such a wonderful way to now have that same relationship to such a new character like Miles and how anyone can connect in that way on such a deep level is truly a, you know, a, a testament to not only the writing and the creativity that the, you know, Brian Michael Bendis and Sarah Bocelli and also the creators at Insomniac are doing their own take of Miles as well as the people who made Into the Spider-Verse, but just seeing how, you know, how they're doing such a new twist on what Spider-Man can do and represent for so many others on such a deep, heartfelt level and make it feel relatable to anyone is a true, you know, challenge in and of itself, but they also fully overcame it and embraced it as, as best as possible, and they did a phenomenal job bringing Miles to life in such a unique way. And again, you know, we're going to go back over to the uh, Spider-Verse suit in the game, but... You know, making that come to life, doing the reduced frame rate and just everything about it to the point where they even incorporated the animation of Miles as he swings from the movie where he's, you know, he's trying his damnedest and he's like falling over and everything. And it is the closest we will ever get to a Spider-Verse video game for the time being based on, you know, the movie. And mm -hmm. I'm I'm interested in seeing what could be next in terms of what decision they will make for a Spider-Man game. And if it was you, who would you pick as the villain of the upcoming, you know, of, of a Spider-Man 2? Well, I mean, I don't want to give away spoilers or anything, but I think it's safe to say we've all, the listeners and you guys, have at least beaten the first game fully, right? I know you yeah. said that you didn't complete, like, the final DLC chapter, but the base game itself, 
you know, that post credit scene with, minor spoiler warning, Harry Osborne in the green incubator tank in Norman's secret lab uh, in his penthouse with the symbiote. And that is encompassed around Harry, even though we've known that to be for Eddie Brock or even other versions of the character like, you know, Flash Thompson or Matt Gargan. But now they've already set up Norman's background at Oscorp, even though he is mayor in the first game, and the lie that he told saying that Harry was off in Europe running business for Oscorp there, when in reality he was sick the entire time and staying put inside that tank with the symbiote around him. Um, and I won't say what exactly they do in Miles to further dive into that, if they even do, you know, question mark. But I definitely see that Insomniac is doing something different. They've done it with Otto and Norman's connection as well. You know, there's one, this one line of dialogue in the first game where, oh, everyone in college called us the O's. And then Oscorp was boned. So not really Osborne Corporation, but O's Corp for Otto and Osborne, Octavius and Osborne. And that's just a slight twist to the standard Spider-Man narrative that they've done with these characters, setting them up in a completely new way. So with that set up here for Harry possibly becoming this universe's version of Venom has me hooked, literally, in any way possible. Like, we have the background for Harry if you did the research stations in the city that was that side mission to do, and you slowly start to learn more about him, what his goals were, his connection that he had with his mom and Norman, and seeing how he's sick and possibly not wanting to be kept in the stasis that Norman currently has him in is insane. And whatever they decide to do with that, as well as what I'm hoping they'll do down the line, they also give Peter the addition of the black suit, of course, to further enhance his powers and see where he can go compared to what we saw him do in the first game and the beginning of Miles Morales. It is a huge opportunity what they have here and also to bring back to your other point that you brought up about the uh, limitations of the hardware with the spider-man 3 game on playstation 3 in 2007 since the ps3 came out in 2006 that was the first game for spider-man on the playstation 3 at the time and it still had you know some stuff of trying to enhance the city and bring some realistic visuals to the table but then spider-man ps4 of course was exclusively made only for that one console to fully utilize all the power that that platform had. And it looks fantastic. And, of course, it looks better in the remaster now. But for Miles Morales specifically, that game was a cross-gen title. It currently is a cross-gen title on both PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. But it not only is exclusively on one platform. It's on two multiple versions of the PlayStation 4 as well as the PlayStation 4 Pro and PS5. But what I'm hoping for is by the time we receive the official sequel down the line, with Marvel Spider-Man 2 or Spider-Man or whatever they decide to call it, that will only be exclusively on PlayStation 5 and only that one console to fully encompass how much further they can take the Spider-Man property onto next-gen, not only with the performances of the characters, the gameplay, but also the visual capabilities, the gameplay capabilities. What can they do to expand the open world? Like we were saying earlier, of course, with Brooklyn, possibly Queens. And, you know, even more of Manhattan that maybe wasn't showcased in the first, you know, the previous games, and how the PlayStation 5 can take that a step further. And if they add a character like Venom onto Next Gen with Miles and Peter both as Spider-Man, that is going to be one of the most 
mind-blowing feat I think I will probably ever see in gaming. Venom, if you guys don't know, is my favorite Spider-Man villain of all time. Uh, I think he embodies the antithesis of what Spider-Man represents. And the narrative that they told already in the first game with Dr. Octopus had me in tears. The ending of the game alone made me cry like up to three times with Dr. Octopus and Aunt May and the credits of the game and the buildup of Miles and Peter together as well was just so emotional and so well done. So if they take that a step further, again, with the relatability and connectivity we have with both Peter and Miles now, and seeing how they'll probably have to go up against these greater threats of Venom, possibly Green Goblin. Uh, in the first game as well, um, Yuri Watanabe, the cop you know that helped Peter in the first game, was also teased to become the Wraith as well from the comics. So seeing that connectivity go even more down the line, expand that deeper, unravel that thread onto next-gen only would be a mind trip. And I really, really hope that's the case. I have no inclination of what they could possibly be up to with the game or even if they're currently making it, but considering how well the first game sold, and I'm assuming how well Miles will sell, it's only an, an inevitability at this point that we will receive that down the line. And by the way, you had mentioned the uh, pluralization of Spider-Men. It's actually Spider-Man's copyright year Lowenthal. And <laughs> one, of the, one of the things about that also that I'm very interested in seeing what they could do. Sony realizes how much people love the Spider-Verse concept. And, you know, I would say partially this game came about because, oh my God, the Spider-Verse movie did gangbusters, you know, for an animated movie to the point where it's the only Marvel animated movie well, first off, you know, to get a theatrical release, etc., and to get the Academy Award for Best Animated Motion Picture. But what I'm thinking about with this is, could we maybe see down the line the incorporation of Spider-Gwen, Spider-Man Noir, Spider-Ham, Spider-Man 2099? We don't know, but there's oh so much that these games give us, and the possibilities, again, are endless. And I would say it's it's very much a cool time to be a fan of not just Miles Morales, Peter Parker, but all of the characters in the Spider-Man mythos, where we're getting these characters. We could, you know, you mentioned Venom. What are the odds we get a Venom game? Yeah. Get me excited. Oh, boy. Oh, man. If we do, I would lose my mind. I think that would be an insane, you know, choice to do. Um, and, of course, I won't spoil again what Miles Morales does, but people know how much the black suit means to the overall character arc of what Spider-Man represents. Great power, great responsibility, being a hero, being a savior, being an icon to so many people, and how the black suit flips that onto Peter's head. How does that affect his character personally with his morale and his overall, you know, character and seeing what that could do and affecting the relationship he's currently has with so many of the, of these individuals within this universe. And yeah, like if they decide like, you know what, this Miles Morales standalone game did really darn well. People love the first game with Peter. Uh, we are obviously going to continue Peter's story as they've, you know, have already confirmed uh, from Insomniac Games, the creative director of the first game, Brian Intar, said, like, Peter's story's not over. He's obviously going to have more stuff down the line, obviously hinting at the sequel. But if they see how much people responded to 
this standalone game with Miles. You're right. Who knows? Maybe a Spider-Gwen game, a Venom game, uh, Aunt May spinoff game. Why not? Uh, probably not since he's not around anymore in this universe. But, you know, like what the possibilities entail to the lore of Spider-Man in this universe that they've created is endless. And knowing that Sony is aware of the success that Spider-Man entails onto the PlayStation platform and what types of games they can make going forward shows that they can do pretty much whatever they want at this point and all depends on what direction they plan on taking this universe going forward into the arc of Peter, expanding his narrative as well as Miles, and seeing maybe, yeah, they could include some other spider people down the line if they want to go that route to you know take things to the extra level. That would be insane. And relating over to the remaster of the game of Spider-Man 2018 for the PS5 now, we'd be remiss if we don't talk about it. I'm talking about Facegate. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, indeed. <laughs> as, as, so for myself, as a bushy eyebrow boy, I will admit I was a little disheartened when I saw that they changed the face of Spidey because, again, us bushy eyebrow boys got to stick together. And <laughs> yes, I understood... Sir. I'm right there with you. <laughs> I I understood why they changed, but at the end of the day, watching so many people get so worked up over one change for a game, which again, I understand. It's all right to like a video game. It's all right to like a character render, I guess. But man, that that was just as bad as the people getting mad at Baby Yoda for eating those eggs in the most recent or most two weeks ago episode of uh, The Mandalorian. Where they wanted to cancel right. Baby Yoda, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a wild thing to be able to you know be such a big deal. Well, it, it also shows how much people really resonated with this version of Peter Parker. I mean, your uh, guy's interview with Yuri Lowenthal was fantastic, and you know you're absolutely right that this version of Peter Parker has been so impactful to so many people in so many different ways. And in my own eyes, you know, I see this as my definitive Peter Parker. I mean, him being around the same age I am. In the, you know, the first game, he's 23, I'm 22. His passion for science, the job that he has, is completely so, you know, truthful to his character and saying, how can I help people, not just as Spider-Man, but as Peter Parker? And seeing the overall narrative that they took with him was one of, if not the best, it's iterations I've ever experienced of Peter on or off screen from the comics, shows, movies, even, you know, people, of course, love the, you know, Sam Raimi, Tobey Maguire films, and even the Amazing Spider-Man films, and of course, the MCU films. For me, I love, you know, the majority of those movies, but none of them really spoke to me as much as this game's version did. And we've struggled with him. We've been on this journey with him. We are him while playing that game. You know, the first game that came out two years ago, with the face model, John Bubniak, who I actually, small plug, interviewed on my channel two years ago before the game came out, and I got to learn more about his process of the face model, you know, acting career that he did uh, for this game and what went into, you know, developer process, not just getting his face scanned, and that was it, what some people are trying to, you know, say. That's not it at all. He was there acting out these lines as Peter, so that way they could gather facial data of him for the scan that they made of Peter Parker, and even more so, he said that he had to try and match the voice of Yuri Lowenthal in some of the scenes to better enhance his performance, which is why his model looks so good in-game. And I was, you know, personally heartbroken 
when I saw the change of the new one, Ben Jordan, who's the name of the new model in the remaster, because it, uh, sad to say, looks like a deep fake of Tom Holland. And, and you know, it, it also does not fit with the uh, characteristic and aesthetic that they've set forth for this Peter being Spider-Man for eight years, being in his prime, being 23 years old. John Bubniak in real life is 23 years old, and Ben Jordan, weirdly enough, is actually older than John, yet they somehow de-aged him in the in-game model. And their reasoning of trying to say that it was all to better enhance Yuri Lowenthal's performance, in my opinion, doesn't make much sense, considering how I've seen the new footage of the remaster of the final scene with Aunt May and Doc Ock, you know, the most emotional scenes of the first game. And Ben Jordan's model does not sync up with Yuri's uh, voice, and neither does have enough expressions in his face to, you know, showcase the amount of trauma and pain he's going through during those moments and the emotion that's running through him while he's fighting his, you know, mentor or seeing his pretty much, you know, one and only aunt go, you know, pass away on her deathbed. And it, it's crazy to see that the differences that we've seen from John's visual performance versus Ben's, I very much resonate with John much more than Ben. And it was very disconnecting for me to see him appear in Miles Morales. Um, and again, in those scenes in the remaster from what I've seen online. And I know that the same character stands for Peter. It's the same exact character that we fell in love with in the first game. But the visual performance also carries a long way. And to see that just instantly change uh, with no warning ahead of time when they, when they first announced that was really hard to accept. And I'm slowly starting to get used to it more, but in no way do I see this as an improvement to what John Bubniak uh, you know, portrayed in the original game. And I do think that this new model would be fine if this was Peter as a high schooler, maybe, or maybe even a college freshman. But the fact that he's already graduated college, he's been Spider-Man for eight years, he's extremely experienced, he's gone through so much already, I think John's visual aesthetic completely embodied that in a perfect way. And I don't think Ben really conveys that as much in this new game. Now, one of the other things about the Spider-Man games are the customization aspects. And, of course, we have that in the form of all of the Many, 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 many suits. And are there any particular ones that you know you're fond of? Maybe the Maguire attire or the uh, Amazing Spider-Man one. By the way, I, I hate when it's called the uh, Raimi suit. It's the Maguire attire. You gotta go with the rhyming. The one and only. Yeah. <laughs> um, for me, and that's funny because I've um loved every single suit that they've showcased from the comics and the films. But for me, I still rock with that one and only advanced suit. The white spider suit is just the coolest-looking design I've ever seen on a Spider-Man costume before. It completely embodies who this Peter is as a Spider-Man in his prime, as a scientist learning to love his craft, and incorporating that into his suit is just fantastic. Alongside of that, for Peter's sake, in his game, I really love how Insomniac redesigned the Scarlet Spider suit. I think that's probably the best it's ever looked, ever. Um, and also, I would say mainly the, I think, Ghost Spider suit is cool. Maybe like, you know, the Ghost Rider-esque flaming skull. You can't go wrong with that. Twenty ninety nine, of course, that's a classic. Um, but if I had to choose any one besides the advanced suit to probably wear, even though it also kind of is the advanced suit in a way, I would say is the anti-Oc yellow and black suit that we get at the end of the game when he fights Dr. Octopus. I think just the build-up to that, the narrative implementations of how the suit exists and how Peter made it and what material he's using to make it is the same material that went into 
Doc Ock's tentacles is just the coolest thing. I, you know, I, I love that. And if that's how good that suit looks, pretty much, as a full-on black suit-looking attire, I can only imagine how the actual black suit, the symbiote suit, is going to look in this universe down the line. And, you know, another thing about that with all of the suits, I think is such a cool thing, is you can be as creative as humanly possible with these. You know, you can do deep cuts. And, you know, of course, you have Bombastic Bagman, where he's wearing the Fantastic Four outfit with a paper bag over his head, because you got to conceal that identity. And there's just so many different nods to the comic book readers. You have the Iron Spider from Infinity War, but you also have the Iron Spider from Civil War. And then just, I'm surprised they haven't done it but I would love to see... I mean, did they include in the uh, original Spider-Man game uh, the cyborg costume? Yes, they did. The one silver arm and the eye patch, pretty much, yes. With the bandana and rag, yep, it looks gorgeous. And it's always funny that they include that because that was never a costume in the comics or the TV show, but it was in the toys. So even the fact they're acknowledging the toy lines by Toy Biz is such a cool little nod to the history of Spider-Man. And, you know, obviously fans will never always be happy. You have, you know, the fans that were to the point where they almost went to death threats over the Maguire attire. I will never forget that. But, yeah, that was a fun time. But (laughs) after they announced that suit, then you heard the fans going, yeah, but what about the Andrew Garfield suit? (laughs) <laughs> and then eventually, now, with the PS4 version, did they include the, uh, with the new update recently, did they include the uh, Garfield suit in the PS4 one? Or is so it a PS5? So, at the time of this recording, it's November 17th. Right now, they only included three new suits on the remaster for Spider-Man with the Amazing Spider-Man 1 Andrew Garfield suit and two original costumes specifically made from insomniac games where one of them is an armored version of the advanced suit which crazy enough i don't really like too much even though i love that suit it looks kind of weird with a lot more white and a lot more bulky you know armor pieces on not really fond of that but the other one is called the arachnid rider which looks like straight out of common riders which is very very deep cut but very intriguing that they made a suit based off that so far they're only on the remaster but insomniac did say that they will be added onto the playstation 4 version as well around Thanksgiving, uh, which is going to be very great as a gift to receive for fans. I'm assuming it's going to be in a free update, but I just love how even if you're not able to acquire a PlayStation 5 right now, they're still trying to incorporate as much content as possible for both games. And that's just a, a great you know, consumer-friendly move on their part as a whole. And, you know, again, going back over to the uh, Garfield suit, and I'm not talking about the uh, orange tabby cat that Chip Zdarsky wears from time to time, but what they do with this is, you know, fans will be like, we want the Andrew Garfield suit. Well, they got it. And then immediately when they showed the photos of the gold-eyed spider, you know, in the suit, in the PS5 version, the very first, very top comment on the Facebook post about it was, yeah, but what about the Amazing Spider-Man 2 costume? (laughs) (laughs) Now, if the fans are able to get what they want with that, what is going to be the next suit? Are we going to go on saying, yeah, well, what about Spider-Man 94? We need that suit. Or if it was me, I would love to see them include, because they've been doing merchandise with him quite a bit lately, either Spider-Man 67 or Supaidaman 
from the yes. uh, Japanese series. Or even, this is one where a lot of people are like, really, you like that suit? Hell yeah, I do. I want to see the Nicholas Hammond Spidey 77 suit with those shiny Ooh. circular eyes. That would be such a cool look in the game. And the fact that has not, you know, been an option ever in a video game or any, you know, any mainstream media with the character, why not? Exactly. And it shows how much, you know, range they can do where I believe now, if you include the three new suits, the first game now has close to 50 costumes, which is probably the most any Spider-Man game has ever had in terms of alternate suits, which is insane from the comics, movies, and even certain TV shows, if you add the suits and Miles Morales with the animated suit, not just the end of the Spider-Verse suit, but there's also an animated suit to look like the cartoon, which is crazy. And you're absolutely right. I would also personally like to see the sensational suit with Ben Riley or bullet points where Bruce Banner is Spider-Man instead of Peter Parker. I really like that one where it's green and black. There's so much more depth to add within Spidey's wardrobe, but it also shows how much they're trying to listen to fans' feedback, where, oh, well, we have all the MCU suits with Tom Holland's films in the first game. We also included the Maguire attire in the first game, for free, by the way, which was insane. And now we have to add in the Andrew Garfield suit because so many people want it, but only one of them, not both of them. So that's very intriguing that they chose the first one over the second one, even though I personally really like the first movie suit over the second movie suit. I know that's a really hot take, but I just really like the more modernized slash realistic aesthetic that it brings to the table, much like the advanced suit in the game as well. But they are really, really caring for fan feedback. Uh, after I personally interviewed Ryan Schneider from Insomniac Games, who was chief brand officer at the time, he's now been promoted to a much better position. But back then, he really you know, shared with me personally, that fan feedback is a crucial factor when it comes to the development process, but that they still want to stay true to their own unique vision or what they have in mind when creating their games. And sadly, you know, all the drama that went over the McGuire tire, as well as the new Peter Parker face, even though I'm not a fan of it, I'm still respecting their decision. Even though I think it's a bad one, I'm not going to go and send them threats or hurtful messages to try and get back John Bubniak but I don't agree with some of the choices that they made on that front. However, it's still very, very obvious to see that even though there are some things that fans want or don't want to be included within the game, it's all for the best possible outcome that Insomniac is trying to do for the betterment of their Spider-Man games. And they truly will know if there's something that fans don't like, I would assume that they would take that into consideration when making their games going in the future. And, you know, again, I'm thinking about all of the suits. You know, you say there's over 50 suits in the game. And the idea that, again, you know, a celebration of the history of Spider-Man, one of the suits that, you know, I get a kick out of when I come across it in my comic book searchings is the armored Spider-Man suit, that silver and black suit. I think that's such a cool costume. And, you know, coming across that issue of, I believe it was Web of Spider-Man, Eddie's nodding his head in approval. Yeah, 100. Oh, geez. But I believe so, yeah. Seeing that cover, it's not, you know, the character I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of the game. That's the very first thing I think of. I'm like, oh, yeah, PS4 Spidey, that dope costume I got. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I don't know why I'm doing that voice, but... Very nice. <laughs> thank you. But it, it's just such a cool thing to be able to see a 
love letter to these characters. And obviously, you know, we both talked about which versions of the character we would like to see in terms of that, you know, what about with Spider-Man? He's going to be coming soon to Avengers for PS4, PS5, Xbox, Stadia, PC, etc. Well, he's going to be coming just to the PlayStation version. How do you see the character appearing in the game? Is it going to be the black spider or is it going to be the white spider from the advanced suit? It's a very interesting question, um, and I do have one answer to that, but then another one as to how they could go about it. So it was confirmed by Crystal Dynamics themselves, the developers of Avengers, that this Spider-Man in their game is not the same one from Insomniac's universe. So they already did confirm that. This is a brand-new take on the character. However, I don't know how they're going to go about promoting him, or at least including him in the narrative, where is he going to be a teenager like Miles in his own game, or an adult like Peter in his own game, or something completely different. Maybe this is a Spider-Man who doesn't like being a Spider-Man. Maybe this is an old, grumpy, grouchy, Grinch Spider-Man who doesn't even want to team up with the Avengers. Who knows? Or a more, you know, MCU-esque Tom Holland Spider-Man. I have no idea. But it all will depend on how much the game can survive a much longer, because... Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen those statistics, but I do believe recently on a you know a reset era article that there's only four uh, percent of players left playing the game on PC on Steam, and the 96 percent of the player base have dropped off because sadly the game is not really that much packed with content. And even though they promised stuff like Kate Bishop's Hawkeye and Clint Barton's Hawkeye as well as Black Panther, none of that has been included yet in the game, and a lot of fans are concerned and they don't want to keep playing the game that does the same thing over and over again. So, therefore, they left. So, even though Sony has the rights to Spider-Man exclusively on PlayStation 4, both Insomniac Games and now for Crystal Dynamics version of Spider-Man with Avengers, I really still hope that they can actually include him at some point for the game's world. Um, But seeing how, for that game, I did enjoy the story with Kamala Khan becoming Miss Marvel and embracing her powers and being her own hero. I think since she fills the void of the more youthful, energetic teenage superhero that hopefully Spider-Man would be a bit older than her. And maybe be not as uh, old as Insomniac's version, where he's now 24 within Miles Morales. I would hope that maybe he could be a bit older, maybe the same age as Tony Stark, maybe in his 30s, and see, oh, yeah, I've been around a while. I know the Avengers. I get along with them sometimes, but I still mainly do my own thing. And seeing how that could incorporate into the wider narrative with AIM, MODOK, and you know uh, the Scientist Supreme, and where that could go... Uh, forward into the lore of this Avengers universe could be very intriguing to see. And, of course, him interacting with all the Avengers in the game world would just be a very, you know, very fun treat to witness. Evan, backing up to um, what you have done since you were all in with PS4 in uh, 2016, and that is what I'm referring to as the Spidey Squad. For those of us, especially myself, who are unaware... Let's talk about that a little bit, the Spidey Squad. When did that start, and how many, if you have an idea, members are in the squad? If I got the question right, sort of, kind of? Absolutely. It's a it's a very complex situation to try and understand if you're just hearing about it for the first time. So back when the game was first announced, Spider-Man PS4 in 2016, I had no channel at all. I had no interest in doing YouTube. In fact, I was planning on becoming a you know political science major or even a tutor or a teacher, and that was kind of my focus then. But I also love Spider-Man. But I thought, there's no way I could do 
you know, like a YouTube thing or a career relating to this one hero that I love so much that it's not possible. And then, lo and behold, E3 2016, there were those rumors that Sucker Punch was making a Spider-Man game, uh, the, who now made Ghost of Tsushima, which is also another great game. And I thought, well, I guess it's not here. I guess that leak was wrong. And then they showed that Insomniac logo with Marvel following up, and I literally lost my mind. I'm like, this is what I've been waiting for. Probably not my entire life, but like for a good portion of it, since I've played every single Spider-Man game that's come out so far on all platforms. I've loved them each and every one, some less than others, but for the most part, I really, really resonate with all these Spider-Man games. And knowing that a studio that I've loved since I was a kid with Ratchet and Clank was going to make a game based off my favorite superhero of all time was a dream come true. And I couldn't stop thinking about it all, literally, for the past two years until it came out from 2016 to 2018. I waited for that long for that game. And during that time, I just started to do random videos with my iPhone, just recording myself and talking about, you know, what could happen with this game? You know, what's their plan? What's the story? How's the gameplay going to work? Just theorizing about everything to keep people interested because I knew this was going to be a very special game uh, come launch. And a lot of fans also are waiting, like myself, for this game we are waiting together as a group as a community and now as a family which is so cool to say and during that time in september of 2016 even though the game was announced in june in september that's where we kind of formed each uh met each other you know through discord and online methods and kind of collaborating connected with each other like guys we all love this character we've all have channels we're all thinking about this game all the time why don't we form like a group or something to really just you know keep people hyped until the game comes out whenever that may be because there was no release date at the time we had no clue when it was coming out or when we could see it next for gameplay so we thought let's come up with a, a group name you know spidey society no it doesn't work too right uh the spidey association no and then you know we kind of formed together like why don't we call it the spidey squad like oh that's cool that's fun it kind of fits with the you know Lee alliterations, how he loves to do that with his characters, Bruce Banner, Peter Parker, Miles Morales, and we thought Spidey Squad would work great. So we formed that name, and we coined the community term and trying to you know, spread the hype and you know, love for the character and just everyone who is as a fan as we all are of Spider-Man, in my eyes, is a part of the Spidey Squad. Obviously, we have our main founders who are actually worldwide in Australia, uh, Asia, Africa, you know, we're all over the place, and it's crazy to see how so many people are connected together because of this one character, and I'm truly honored to be a part of it, and all my amazing co-founders and partners that have helped make the group what is to today is just so wonderful to see, and I, I hope that they truly deserve as much success as they truly, truly, honestly embody for the group, because without them, it would not be even close to what it is today, and because of that, Insomniac took notice of our excitement and our passion, and the art director for Spider-Man PS4, Jacinda Chu, who's amazing and super kind, said to me through DM saying, hey, Evan, who made the Spidey Squad logo for your group? Did you design? Like, no, that's actually my buddy Ilya, Spidey Bugle, who actually designed the, the logo for our group and our social media pages and just, you know, spreading excitement all over the place. He's our top graphic designer, and he's the best. And she says, great, that's awesome. Don't freak out. But we're going to put you in the game. And I literally spat out my water while hearing that. I was freaking the hell out. I don't know how I was supposed to keep my cool when seeing that. But it was such a kind-hearted gesture from them to extend their passion of the character and seeing how much they appreciate the community and their passion that we all share for this one individual character and that they wanted to represent that in the game. And crazy enough, it was actually Yuri Lowenthal himself 
as well as some other people at Marvel Games who wanted to further put that into the game as a collectible item instead of just an Easter egg. But the fact that Yuri Lowenthal himself, when you play Spider-Man PS4 and now with the remaster, says, once you find our logo, the Spidey Squad, my one and only fan club. Whenever Jameson's going off on me, it helps to remember they're out there. And that is just so insanely emotional for me to even see that or even think about something that I've cared for so much or the character that means so much to me and have that group that I've been fortunate enough to be a part of represent the fandom for this character and just what he means to all of us, to you, Peter, to Eddie, to me, to all the Spidey Squad co-founders. It's just a true honor. And uh, Brian Intahar who I got to play the game with at E3 2018 before the game came out, I didn't know what the Easter egg was. I thought, oh, they'll probably just do like a spray paint logo or something in the corner of behind a dumpster or whatever. It won't be that big. Um, but then Brian was there at E3. I interviewed him, and then he played the game with me for the demo, and he says, oh, check that backpack over there and see what you can find. It wasn't the logo. He's like, oh, I guess they took it out because at that time the demo didn't include the Spidey Squad logo. But he told me, just know that we put something very special for you guys in there. And I literally almost started shedding tears. So it's just a crazy journey being able to start off with nothing and be able to be where I am now with this platform, be able to talk to amazing people like yourself because of Spider-Man and what he can do for so many people is just the craziest privilege in the world. that I'm so lucky to be a part of. And in my eyes, everyone's part of the Spidey squad. As for founders, we have like a, a, a probably over... 10 to 12, but for members specifically, I would say we have over thousands mm -hmm. of people, of fans in our Discord server and just online on our Twitter pages and stuff like that, and always playing the game, telling me how much it means to them that they found the logo because they feel like they're a part of something more. And it's truly crazy to be a part of that experience for others who are being able to feel like that they are part of this, of this family that I'm now uh, able to call my own. And it's just, you know... A huge, huge honor, and I, I can't be more thankful to everyone at Marvel and Insomniac for this this opportunity. And just a straight question earlier, you mentioned about uh, the similarity of the material, the same material of Doc Ock's tentacles, and I don't know if I remember ever reading or hearing what those are made of. I'm not sure myself. I know okay. it's like you know carbon fiber mesh or something like that. Specific you know tech terminology. For the tentacles with obviously a metal overlay or something, but um, I know that it's more, you know, not like nanotech, like, you know, Tony's suits in the, you know, MCU movies recently where it's just like it's nano mesh flying over the, the body of Tony Stark and then he becomes a suit. It's like a hard layer metal fiber incorporated into the tentacles with some like seamless integrated metallic fiber to give it more layered protection. And seeing that Peter also added that material into the anti-ox suit near the end of the game was just a great use of the narrative ties that he had with Otto working in the lab. I think there may be one other iteration of Spider-Man that wasn't mentioned, and when you went to Nicholas Hammond, I'm like, yeah, I was there with that one too, so I, I know I which get one that. you're going to go with. <laughs> what, the Electric Company, yeah. of course. <laughs> the Zing, yes. Oh, man. And it's, it's, it's kind of funny because, you know, whenever you see uh, Spidey fight you know in the miles game with the spider-verse suit when you do uh certain punches when you put on one power up you can see the onomatopoeia so you punch somebody 
thwack. You can see this. <laughs> yep. I think it would be great if in the game you wear the uh, Electric Company costume and the vocal track for Spider-Man is turned off completely and Absolutely. you just see word bubbles. That's all the thought bubbles, yeah. <laughs> so now before... We gotta get in the sequel. It's our time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, honestly, again, the possibilities are endless. And I would say the best is yet to come with this. And it's it's wild because we already got the best with the first Spider-Man game. And somehow we got better than the best with the uh, Miles game. So let's see, let's see them keep uh, improving on this. Because, damn. But anyway. There's a lot of possibilities here for sure. And, you know... Seeing how they've mastered the formula pretty much of the traversal with the air tricks and the swinging and also the side missions variety of the, the friendly neighborhood spider app that Miles has in the game too and seeing how they could implement that further with Peter and his open world and his tricks that he could do in the sequel as well as what I'm hoping for is the inclusion of the black suit adding more gameplay variety with symbiote powers and faster swinging and more aggressive you know connections that he has with characters like Maybe his relationship with Mary Jane gets tarnished, or maybe his dynamic between Miles could be hurt. Maybe Miles has to end up fighting Peter when he's in the black suit, and you control Miles during that fight. Either way, there's so much opportunity here. And knowing Insomniac is aware of the amount of opportunity that they have, they can take the story whenever direction they want. And no matter where they go, I just cannot wait to see what that looks like. So now, Evan, we want to say from both of us, thank you so much for doing the show today. Thank you very much, both of you, Peter and Eddie, for having me. It was truly an honor, and I cannot be more thankful for all the greatness that you guys do on your show. Just having someone like me on is truly a huge, huge opportunity. So thank you again. So now, before we go, how can people get a hold of you on social media? Follow me anywhere you like, YouTube, Twitter. Those are my main domains, with the uh, at Evan Florica on YouTube and on Twitter. We also have the at Spidey Squad, Spidey underscore squad on Twitter and on Discord. Uh, there's links to that in all my YouTube videos, so go check it out. If you guys want to know anything about Miles Morales, the game, or the future of Insomniac titles, that's the content that I cover, and I will be more than hyped to talk to anyone about Spider-Man, including you guys, again, if you decide to have me back on. Absolutely. You have an open invite, just an FYI. Thank you. For The Marvelists, I'm Peter Melnick. I'm M. Falarka. And I'm Eddie Wilson. Excelsior! It's Obsessed with Marvel, featuring our Spidey Squad guest, Evan Falarka. Thank you again. Thank you very much for having me. Cannot wait. Let's we'll hopefully get one thing right. Um, yeah, we try one out of four. For it's lucky. usually par for the course for both Eddie and myself. So, Well, it is about dinner time, so... Okay. Sir. Question <laughs> 1757, what a year. What name was not used... What name was not used by James Dore Jr.? Dore as in D-O-R-E. Bob and Backlund. Your choices are... Captain, I'm right, though. Captain Hawk, American Eagle, Blue Eagle, or Golden Eagle. Again... What name was not used by James Dore Jr.? Captain Hawk, American Eagle, Blue Eagle, or Golden Eagle? Choice E, John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt, which coincidentally is my name too. Oh. Very nice. I don't know about that. When we come to town. It's just down to guessing, I think, here, at least in my part. Yeah. Eddie, whatever choice you pick is the one I pick. Uh Uh-huh. Well, it's one of the three eagles. American, Blue, Golden, or Captain Hawk. I'm going to go with Cat and Hawk. 
Yeah, because it's not one of the others. One of these does not belong. So let's try letter A. No, the answer is D, Golden Eagle. Ooh. All right. See, for me, I have to go back and say, well, who the heck is James Dor Jr.? <laughs> but James Dor's son. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Bouncing Little Boy, yes. And we Ooh. go backwards in the numbers to 1,400. Flip, flip, 21. There we are. What? Excuse me. Who is Grand Inquisitor Enrique in Marvel 1602? Is it? Ooh. Is he Charles Xavier's counterpart? Magneto's counterpart? The Toad's counterpart? Or none of these? Who is Grand Inquisitor Enrique in Marvel 1602? Charles Xavier's counterpart? Magneto's counterpart? The Toad's counterpart? Or none of these? I think it's Toad. Do you? I'm going to go with option B, Magneto. Magneto. go out there. We have a Magneto, we have a Toad. <sighs> History, somewhat, has shown with this book that if you had an answer that was either all or none, that's what you usually go with. So for the sake of argument, and I'll be mad if I'm wrong, D, none of these. No. <laughs> okay, good to be wrong. It is B, Magneto's counterpart. Woo! There you go. I think, Evan's, I think Evan's got Wedding a little over here. Ric Flair going on. I tell you what. <laughs> All right, 1459. That's mostly the extent of my wrestling. Okay. Armbar. 1459. After the Gamma Explosion, when mm. does Bruce Banner first change into the Hulk? Choices are. Ooh. When he is reunited with Betty Ross. What? When he grows angry in a quarrel with General Ross. When night falls, the evening of the explosion, when he is attacked by enemy agents. Mm. I immediately narrow it down to letter C and D, but I have my guess, and I think it's correct. After the Gamma I explosion, okay, when does Bruce Banner first change into the Hulk? When he is reunited with Betty Ross, when he grows angry in a quarrel with General Ross, when night falls, the evening of the explosion, or when he is attacked by enemy agents? Nightfall. I think it's I'm when, going to go with option C as well, Nightfall. Yeah, when Nightfall's the evening of the explosion. And isn't he actually with Rick Jones at that time? I'm Rick Jones. Oh, wrong, wrong, wrong Rick. That's exactly Represent. right. I'm, I'm, no, I'm serious. Isn't that in the company of Rick Jones when it's about to happen for the first time? And, Maybe. Yeah. What a Maybe, wonderful yeah. book title, In the Company of Letter Rick C. Jones. Gray Hulk? We have a correct answer. <laughs> gray, yeah, he's gray then also in the beginning, correct, yes. And, nice. and he is named by one of the, uh, well, by one of the soldiers. Yes. He's given that Hulk name. Okay, and let's go up to 1603. Maybe we can be two for four. Woo. Yeah, I know. Counting up. 1603, the question is, what is Baron Mordo's middle name? Oh. Is it, is it Amadeus? Apple Danish, Apple Danish, Vi Apple Danish. Delicious. Is it, That's right. Is it Vincent? Is it Carl? And they have Carl with a K. Or is it Ludgate? Ooh. As in L-U-D-G-A-T-E. What is Baron Mordo's middle name? Amadeus, Vincent, Carl, or Ludgate? I'm going to go with the one that sounds the most humorous because I would love it if this is true. I'm going to go with Carl. Baron Carl Mordo. What a Baron badass Baron Carl name. Mordo. Baron. Okay. Um, Peter? Carl. That hurts people. Should we just go along with letter C? Sure. Letter C. A for Carl. No, the answer, no, is Ludgate. 
Which, oh. which, in all honesty, is what my brain thought when you said the most funny sounding or whatever. I was thinking, oh, he's going to say Ludgate. Eddie, oh, open, Ludgate. <laughs> yeah. Eddie, open the Ludgates. That's exactly right. Fantastic. That's our four. We're out.